0: following
1: is a production of DallasCowboys.com
2: and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about
0: you, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! this,
1: Cowboys? This, this is Talkin' Cowboys.
2: Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Hand on Elliott, Elliot. plowing to the goal line. Barry, sacked by Lord. Prescott keeps it. and he bangs it into
1: the touchdown. And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback. Heckma Harrison, Rob Phillips, and Kyle Yeomans. (laughs) Well, beam me up for another TCT Tuesdays. Talking Cowboys crew is in the SWBC Mortgage Studios, and the gang is here minus... Minus one. Numero uno numero Uno. <laughs> KY K- and definitely no jelly today is on the, in the oh, <laughs> He's what? not he's not here uh That's today. Maybe? And so I'm with my guy, and the closer we get to the draft, I will definitely make sure that I acknowledge that you are the fourth-round pick, 103rd mm. pick 103. in the 2007 draft. My man, Isaiah, stand back. You dub is in the building. Mm. My man and Super Bowl champion, throw the magazines up, mm. and... Man, P, how many nicknames do you have so far? Since you since we've joined the show, we've given you like
0: it's probably three in my life, and then since I joined the show, probably like 23 or <laughs> something like that. Yes. Yeah. So it's, it's expanded. Rob,
1: Rob Phillips. Yes. Rob P. Island. Right. Trinidad P. Ooh. Jess P. <laughs> Ooh. Blue Bonnet P. Blue, Blue bonnet, bonnet P. P. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Robbie. Easter P. Easter, Easter P, P is yeah. in the building. We got like two this morning when I walked in. man. Yeah.
1: No, this, you know that's what we It's rough, man. It's no, a I, rough I, crowd. You know, know we're going to welcome hey, you as soon as you come to the We need to get a t
2: shirt with all his nicknames. So I'm telling you. That's it's, a good idea. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it.
1: Every week you get a new one. <laughs> now it's just going to blue bonnets every time we see you. <laughs> blue bonnets. Sprinkles. Wait, man, we got another Tuesday, guys. I got mm-hmm. a good show playing. Plenty of action on the questions uh, today. I can't wait to hear what you guys have to Say uh, about all of the things that we have in the rundown, but P, we got some serious business to take mm-hmm. care of, and and obviously I'm going to leave give you the floor because I want to get the kind of the rundown of the deadlines on how everything transpired, and we're talking about Kelvin Joseph uh, and, and you know the serious uh, charges that he has right now.
0: Yeah, I think with a situation like this, the best thing I think I could do is just tell everybody what what we mm-hmm. know because yeah. there's so much that we don't know right now with that with that case, that investigation. And I guess we'll just start with what happened, I think, almost a month ago to the day. Um, Cameron Ray, and this is the most important part of the story. Right. A man lost his life. Yep. Uh, Cameron Ray, 20 years old, uh, was in the lower Greenville uh, district of Dallas, was shot and killed in a drive-by shooting. Uh, there was a Dallas police investigation, and Kelvin Joseph was wanted to, for questioning, uh, because of surveillance video that surfaced, um, about his, uh, connection to, uh, a group that was in that car that shot, Absolutely. uh, that shot Cameron Ray allegedly. So, um, he spoke to investigators last week. Two other men have been arrested in, in connection to that shooting. I think that happened on Saturday over the weekend, um, and there has not been an arrest of Kelvin Joseph, or he has not been charged with anything either. But as far as we know, the investigation is still open. So beyond that, uh, I don't know where it goes from here um, for Kelvin Joseph, other than it's my understanding he was here in the building taking part in the start of the Cowboys voluntary offseason program yesterday. So I think based on what's happened to this point, and the Cowboys appear to be just letting this situation Play out legally and see and see what happens um, because there hasn't been any movement from them in terms of hey we're just monitoring the situation that's that was the, the the essence of their statement last week and, and
1: Isaiah let me ask you this man from yeah. from a being in the locker room and having. Uh, knowing, you know, being, having your teammates there and and guys that you rely on heavily, how does this affect a locker room when you have one of your teammates have these serious accusations and obviously the, the videotape and everything, how does that, in the locker room, how does that permeate in the locker room?
2: Not good. Not good. There's been a number of teams that I've been on, you know, especially here in Dallas where we had a lot of controversial players on a team, you know, and going back to, you know, whether people want to call it T.O. controversial, you got, you know, Pac-Man Jones and his legal issues that he had. You had, you know, Tank Johnson, the issues that he had legally, um, it's it's one of those things where you don't want that conversation revolving around your team, especially when you're coming, uh, you're trying to launch a season, you're trying to launch an offseason program, you're trying to have everybody's you know uh, eyes on the prize and hey, this is what we're gonna do going forward, this is what we're gonna make up for last year, and then you have this thrown in the mix. Now, you know, to Rob's point, and it's really unfortunate that a, that a young man lost his life. Uh, I think it's eye opening in terms of gentlemen in this on this team in this locker room and even with uh, amongst the league. You know, watching who you're hanging out with, you know, watching the circle that you keep, the company that you keep, uh, it just is it's a it's a. a Unfortunate situation. It's a terrible look. Um, obviously, you already mentioned that this case is still open. I think as of uh, yesterday, I think you know two of the gentlemen that he was, was presumably with um, have admitted to um, to what, what they their role in it. Yeah. Um, so there's no telling in terms of can you even depend on Kelvin Joseph now? You know, in terms of the draft coming up, it changes. It changes everything in terms of the you know the, the GM and the scouting department. Now it's like okay, somebody that we were relying on as a one year kind of project. Hopefully Hopefully, they were hoping that he would have contributed last year. But now definitely we talked about it last week or the week before that they were going to be laying their head on him in terms of him trying to step up this year. Now, what do you do going into the draft? Do you replace him? Do you take somebody at that height? Because there's probably something he's probably going to be attached to this in some form or fashion. Right. So you can expect there to be some form of suspension at some point in time or regardless of how severe that may be. There's a whole lot you know I don't want to speculate on anything there's a lot that's going to come down but it changes a lot in terms of your your team's expectations and who, and who they could really rely on
0: yeah that's that's the other side of this thing too and again the the biggest factor or part of this story is that someone died here. yes um, and I, I forgot to mention because I say you jog my memory here th- there was a statement made by Kelvin Joseph's attorney to the morning news here in Dallas that yes he was in A passenger in the car but he was not the shooter he was unarmed he didn't want any part of what happened um so that's where that stands at this point but to your point Isaiah like that's from a football perspective we've seen with the Cowboys in different legal situations or accusations it doesn't take a a a charge or an arrest to be penalized by the NFL discipline face some kind of discipline so there's I mean there may not be a resolution from yeah. from the Cowboys side, Kelvin Joseph side, for it could be weeks, it could be months. We, we just don't know at this point.
1: Yeah, and, and I think guys, we we obviously we want to be very sensitive uh, because this is a legal matter, yeah. and you know, no charges has been brought against Kelvin Joseph. Um, it, for me, guys, it, when when we got the, the group text uh, about what was going on, and yeah, you know, I, I was I was I was ticked off about it, genuinely ticked off about it because. Growing up in a community where these kind of things happen too often and looking at what's happening in our country of things like this that are happening way too often, um, I I, I don't – I hold no – hold no punches when I say I am not a gun advocate. I am the opposite on that spectrum. And I'm cool to everybody that does, but when you come to the state of Texas, you better get used to it because this is just what it is. I'm disappointed uh, in this lifestyle where common sense isn't really common. Mm-hmm. In situations like this that could easily be resolved, someone goes to picking up a pistol or whatever weapon you have and a life is lost. Like you said, that's the story. Cameron Ray. Right. A, a young man that's 20 years old. And that's what I'm saying. That's not common sense for a mother to have to bury her child. You can't even fathom it. I can't even think of it. And I have a a, a son, a teenage son, that I try and talk to every day about his surroundings and Mm -hmm. the people that he's talking to and what he's doing with them because it's way too easy to get caught up in a situation like this if you come from certain environments. We think that when you, well, you're a millionaire now, life should be changed. You should know better than that. Kelvin Joseph is 21 years old. And let me tell you something. when I think about where I was at 21 years old, I just it is nothing but the grace of the Lord mm-hmm. that I am here functioning. So I, I want to handle this with the matter of grace as well, because I, I want for young men that are in situations like this to think and say to themselves that I have way more to lose than the company that I'm around. And so, look, I'm going to leave it at that so that we can get on with the rest of this show because we have an awesome show, but that had to be talked about. Um, But in other news, um, off-season workouts have started. Well, voluntold (laughs) workouts have started. And everybody, I believe that we have all hands on deck. Everyone that's supposed to be here is here, which is... Everyone,
0: I would. I would. I don't have a head count, but usually, okay. usually it is. Uh, usually, guys, and going back to when Isaiah was playing here, I mean, the attendance is, is usually pretty good because guys, <clears throat> it's a good place to live. Guys don't really, uh, live outside of state in the off season. that makes it easier to do. And it's also, it also helps if, and I, I'm I, not every guy has this, but if you have workout bonuses built into your contract, Bingo. it doesn't hurt to, uh, show up for five weeks, get some lifts in, take part of some OTAs and, and and get a nice check on top of your game checks when the season starts. Man,
2: funny story. <laughs> Quick story. Rookie year. Everybody gets drafted. We go down to I believe it was San Antonio mm-hmm. and we're hanging out there. And it's the it's the night before practice starts, right? Like, hey, and all the none of the rookies have been signed yet. None. None of us. Right? None of the draft picks that's, have been uh, signed that's yet. That's crazy. back in the day that was yeah, yeah. yeah so this was the thing. So the reason why there was such a hang up the night before Right, not knowing if you were going to practice the first day was because they had a clause in our contracts that said if you're not present for 70 plus percent of the offseason workouts, then they don't have to pay you a certain percentage of your salary. It was some, it was some kind of some kind of verbiage like that. And so all the everybody was like, heck, no, we ain't signing this. You know what right. I mean? Like we were together, one little one little bond, right? Just ah, nobody's doing it. The trust tree. Yeah, the trust, tree. the circle <laughs> of trust, right? <laughs> Dion Anderson's agent signs the deal. Oh man. Agrees to the deal, everybody had to follow suit after that. Right? <laughs> It wasn't I, a problem because we were going to be here anyways. But there, you know, as you think about Randy Gregory, right, and the verbiage that that are in these contracts, there's little things like that that you have to pay a lot of attention to, and it, maybe those things contribute to the to the <laughs> population and the contribution. You know what yeah. I'm saying? In and, and the in and, and the participation in the offseason workouts, there's little tricky things like that that play a part. So you didn't tell here. me that
1: one domino fell. Everybody never- had to fall.
0: <laughs> that's that's now that's ringing a bell, man. I mm-hmm. forgot about that.
1: Yeah, yeah it was yeah, the yeah. night before The night before Christmas, doggone it. Man, well, what does that do for your team as far as the camaraderie? Uh, if, you know, Isaiah, obviously the rookies are here. They're bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, being, you know, feeling like an NFL, feeling like a pro. But then you have those wily veterans that are here that's laughing probably at the young guys coming in. <laughs> what was your experience with that, obviously knowing that, look, man, I'm fighting for a position to get on this, get on this team?
2: I think it's very important. It's, it's awesome that you, that you get back in the saddle. You know, especially coming out for off of a year for all the guys that are returning, yeah. coming off of last year, I am in the disappointment of that, you want to get back to work as soon as possible. You had your little vacation. You got to go out the country, hang out with your fam, your lady, all that kind of jazz, yeah. spend some time relax for about a week or two off of working out, get back on it, now it's time to start putting your mind back on the prize again, and that is trying to get that dog on Lombardi, right? You were a couple games away from that thing, and that's, that is the worst feeling in the world, knowing you were three games away, and ta-da, you're back home right. just like everybody else in the league. So it's awesome when you can get all these guys back in the locker room. You haven't seen guys in a while. You got the camaraderie. Covid is kind of you know going going away in terms of yes. all the restrictions regarding that. So we know how strenuous and and and, um, and uptight that has been over the past few years. So this is this should be a huge offseason for the guys, um, and they should be more than excited to see each other, participate in workouts. It's not a, it's not a straight grind. Day one, they work you into it, right? But it's awesome to see all your boys again. Now, you saw Dalton Schultz had some great things to say about having Dak
1: healthy last year. Dak really couldn't participate in the voluntary workouts. He was here in the mm-hmm. building, but more rehabbing mm-hmm. from the ankle injury. What is that, in just your estimation in the offseason, um, obviously with everything that they're going to have to get in the cupboards now, how big and how effective is that going to be for this team in the team building part?
0: I think it's huge. I think it's probably the, the single most important thing they could get done this offseason is have Dak not worrying about that part of his mm-hmm. his off season. there's not I mean he's gonna have probably management style things to do with his ankle probably the rest of his career but it's not a straight up a months-long rehab thing that he's dealing with and yeah Schultz talked about that like they've had these captain workouts the last few weeks where you can show up and it's it's not supervised by coaches it's just guys out doing um Strength and conditioning stuff. But guys are getting together on their own and throwing. And he said, we, we've already gotten together with guys doing that. Uh, way more so than last year because of Dak's situation. I think, I mean, that to me, um, when you're talking about the quarterback position and the, how, that importance to your overall team success, that's the biggest thing they can accomplish this offseason, in my opinion. And along with what Isaiah spoke about, the camaraderie. We talked to Dante Fowler last week. Here's a new guy coming in. Who has met only a few guys? Played with a couple guys. past in his career. Uh, you know, played for Dan Quinn. Gets to meet everybody. Build that camaraderie. I think that is important. Even though for the first couple weeks, um, there's no football involved. You're just you're just getting your your lift in, getting your, your running in.
1: Isaiah, for let's. I, I want to get to the to the bazooka. Um, <laughs> Or guys. I, got to. <laughs> I gotta get to the bazooka. I saw him at the fight the other night. Boy, boy, and I'm telling you, he's looking slim and trim. Mm. All right. He looking slim and trim, you, but didn't, didn't you say he was gonna come back at like two ninety? I didn't say two ninety. <laughs> I, I think you did. I said yeah, like 275. 80. Yeah, two seventy five, two eighty, because I'm I'm look, I'm gonna go ahead he's and start my campaign. He he's, is not he's that he's not that. He is not that. But how important for a guy like this coming off of a monster rookie season and just the offseason, the workouts, how pivotal. I mean, you obviously the years that you've played and physically, you probably yeah. got bigger and bigger and bigger. I don't know how you can add on anything. <laughs> uh, but I'm just saying for Micah, for Micah yeah. you know, in his position, how does he you know, continue to grow
2: as a player in this offseason? Uh, it's huge. I mean, you talk about the physical aspect of the game. This this portion of the year is Is so crucial because of the fact that you have this window of time from April. Until August to to put on as much ma- mass as you possibly can because the reality is you build up all this muscle. You know we have Harold Nash who is the head strength coach here. I had him as an assistant strength coach in New England. He's a he's a beast. He walks around looking like a little swole bowling ball. Okay, <laughs> and he, he's gonna, when you're with him, you're gonna lift some weights. So they have a, they have a heck of a leadership team in regards to that, and he's gonna have opportunity to spend the entire offseason with him, right, from now until August. So they're gonna be able to get him on a dietitian, you know, diet with the dietitian, get him on a strength and conditioning program right be able to work with the coaches see exactly what the game plan is once the draft settles in they'll have more of an idea in terms of how they want to utilize him I'm sure they already have that idea but now once you have the pieces in place okay we need you more of a linebacker role or we need to put some more mass on you because you're going to have your hand in the ground a little bit more than we expected initially depending on what comes onto our roster so it's huge in terms of the time span that they get to work with their coaches and their leadership Um, and then in terms of his actual leadership aspect it's huge because now you're not Coming in as the rookie, now you're coming in as a guy who who had a, who was one of the most impactful players in the league last year. But what is that going to do to your psyche? Are you going to be are you going to be big headed? Are you going to come in and take the leadership role? Right? What are what role are you going to really play? Because it's easy to get high and mighty when everybody's saying, "Oh, Michael Parsons, oh bazooka, oh oh my God!" Right? Does that change your approach in the offseason? Because. Guys that are now coming on to the team, they might respect your play, but they don't have to respect you as a person. Right. So that's going to be interesting to see how he, what role he takes on in that regard. How do you think it affects him as far as Dan Quinn
1: now, knowing what he has and implementing his system? And that's why I kind of was was hearing what you're saying. But yeah. now taking that leadership role, that's that's probably
2: the thing that you're saying is most important in this offseason. for Yeah, him. it was big because you think about last year it was the experiment. Exactly. Last year was an experiment. You know, as you went throughout the season, they kept trying things out. Okay, hey, we're gonna try him at linebacker. and We're gonna blitz him up in this gap. Okay, that worked. Cool. All right, now let's go ahead and move him outside. We had a defensive end that's hurt. Let's put him on the outside. Oh crap, he can rush too. Okay, uh, that's right. Let's go ahead and put him man-to-man coverage on the, on the running back. They, it, everything was an experiment. Now he knocked everything out the out the park. It was right. it was a, he he passed every test with flying colors. However, it was an experiment. So now you know what he's capable of, right? You put the you put the green dot on him or whatever it was. Okay you put the dot on his helmet, ah, not so much too much on him, okay? Now you have a whole offseason to let him grow into that role. You're not trying to force that on him, you're not throwing that on him and seeing, hey, if we throw that on him, that might be too much for him and we might lose the game in the process. Right. Now you know exactly what you have and you can build him into that role that you have for him.
1: And, and don't you feel the same way about Osa Digizua and, yeah. and Chauncey Golston and, and players like that that were contributors uh, especially Osa Digizua and, and having that domination that he had at the defensive front, how pivotal the Off season is for players like him.
0: Absolutely, Um, he's he's a guy. I don't know. We've talked about that much in terms of how much he played, how much he contributed, Mm. and then because I think Neville Gallimore comes back mid season, and we kind we didn't forget about Osa, but he was he was a vital starter that first half of the season, and then they get a couple vets back, and then it's like okay, he he can can take a little bit of a breath here, Mm. but they're relying on him next season. They're relying on Chauncey Golson, like you said, who by the way. Missed all of training camp last year, and a couple games into the season, and then all of a sudden now you got to you got to hit the ground running in the middle of your first regular season that you didn't have any training for. Um, so I think this will be beneficial for him. And you're right about Micah. Like you think about how remarkable it was for him. Experiment's a good word because week one against Tampa Bay, he's covering Gronkowski and Fournette. He's co- he's basically in coverage the whole time, rushing a little bit. Week two. Uh, Tank breaks his foot, and Dan Quinn's like, "Nah, you're you're going to be an edge rusher for 50 snaps." Right. I, I don't know if he was ready for that, yeah. but he he handled it, and he became one of the best defensive players in the league. And, and so. so
1: let's just call it experiment our test drive. They recognize the kind of yeah. vehicle that they have, and they're going to drive the hell out of it <laughs> going into his second season. But I think that brings me, you know, to this point, Isaiah. You know, the team has changed so much over the offseason and lack of moves or whatever. Do you think, like, you being in the locker room eh – in knowing the culture of how guys talk, do you think that these guys are saying, man, okay, so Coop's gone, uh, <laughs> Gregory's gone? All right, we got this guy. I mean, that's a they... sore subject with IRS. <laughs> cool. just...
0: That's that's tough. <laughs> I, I know, I know
1: hey, I know who to ask, right? <laughs> <laughs> the hot button question. Yes, you so, you know, are these guys talking and saying, Man, we, you know, we need some help around here? Or are they saying we can work with what we got?
2: As a competitor, as a as a professional athlete, you're going to when you speak on it. Okay, when you mention, are they talking about it? When you speak on it, you're going to speak with confidence. You're going to speak as if you know you have the pieces that you need. You're going to go out there and work as we can make this thing happen. Okay, if we if we're the reality. Okay, behind the scenes, in your head. Okay, you're gonna be like, man, we slim. Yeah, right. We're slim at this position. We got James or,
1: Washington. And for
2: yeah, yeah like we're slim. You know, yeah. certain positions, you know, regardless of what those positions are, you're slim. Right. So that's the reality. But is that something that you're going to outwardly talk about? No. Right. Just like there's a whole lot of topics in this world that we don't talk about outwardly, but you talk about it behind the scenes. Right. It's the same thing. You acknowledge the reality. Right. But depending on the position that you're in, if you're a starter already and you're 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 already cemented in that position, you're not tripping. We're good. We're Gucci, okay, if I'm offensive alignment. I would like a veteran in there, but uh, the vets are gone. So we're gonna be getting a rookie in here, most likely at, at guard. Okay, you just recognize that reality, and you say, okay, we're, soon as soon as a young man gets in here, we got work to do, right? All right we have we got we have to get linked up. We got to have some kind of continuity. If you're a young guy, or if you're a guy that's a little bit down on the depth chart, no, no, don't bring nobody in here. <laughs> don't. We're, we're actually okay, guys. Don't worry about it. If you're semi right now, you're like, no, please don't have nobody, right? You're like, no. <laughs> so you you want. Every rep that you can get, because you recognize I'm on the bubble.
0: Yeah, I'll I'm play a receiver. Bubble. I'll play tight end. <laughs> hey, will, I'll put on some weight. whatever you're Sime,
2: you, you, you better be taking every rep, lifting every weight. Every special team's be in in freaking uh bones, fossils, hip pocket, because he's gonna be your best friend. And you recognize that anybody that they bring in here, I've been in that situation all too many times in my career, right? I was a special teams core guy. That was my role. I never became a big time receiver, right. right? The most receiver I played was in New England with Moss and Welker and all that stuff. That was the most I played. Other than that, I was a special teams dude. Okay. I recognized that was my value. Right. So when they brought in somebody for a workout or they brought somebody else on the team. I knew where I had to shine. Yeah. I wasn't gonna necessarily outshine somebody at the receiver position. My whole career, I was still trying to figure that out, right? But in terms of special teams, oh yeah, you're not beating me on special teams. Right. So I understood where my value was, I understood where my advantage was. And those type of players have to figure that out. Right now, if you're in no man's lane or you're on, you're on Rob P. Island trying to wait for the next ride to come along, you're probably not gonna make it because if you're not a core guy at the receiver position, if you're not a core guy on special team, then where are you? Right, right. And that's the same to be said with defensive backs, defensive linemen. Not you're a linebacker in this team, you're probably on the roster, but that's about it. <laughs> talk that talk, Isaiah. <laughs> and this is coming from a fourth round draft pick that, hey, Worked
1: his way to a Super Bowl championship. So, so, pound on that, my brother. And we are 10 days away from the draft, and everybody is trying to figure out what is Jerry going to do. And he said, and he, I'm going to tease this, where well, are we moving on up? But hey, <laughs> So, y'all hang with us here on this TCT Tuesday. We'll be right back.
2: There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why SLR pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crisol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens
0: for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites, for just ten bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com/cowboys and use the code word Team JB. That's getjackblack.com/cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, ten bucks, free shipping. At AT&T, everyone, new
1: and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why?
0: Head to the
1: Star in Frisco for the 2022 Cowboys Draft presented by Miller Lite from thir- on Thursday, April 28th through Saturday, April 30th. Enjoy live draft coverage and entertainment, a free youth camp on Friday night, and the draft f- the draft day 5K presented by Baylor Scott and White on Saturday morning. Mm. For for more details, visit DallasCowboys.com/draft. Running the five K, brother. Th- you
2: think K Y No jelly's gonna run in that? No doubt. Yeah, he's in it. He's in oh, it. He's
0: doing the virtual. Remember, he said he's gonna do it. He's gonna do it virtually.
2: Uh-huh. Oh, he's gonna do the what? Uh-huh. Virtual. virtual. Yeah. Tell him we How he... more. Tell him the mass mandate's gone on the airplane Okay. Well,
0: look, we well, have ba- ba- about five shows to do in that morning, uh, so uh, uh, okay. he's okay. probably not okay. gonna
1: be I right? Right? forgot. I forgot good about excuse. his magazine better put it up there his magazine better put it up there it's right there it's the draft it's the I was about to call it the draft bible won't do that cuz I want to pass go <laughs> uh, it, it is the star magazine and uh yeah all you available wanna, in digital and print mm-hmm. buy two buy three get you some
0: i tell may, you what there may be a read next to your right hand get that guy
1: all right what you say
0: Is there a read there on the table i read it for the draft guide
1: i did i read it mm, we're yeah. good yeah. Right? right gucci yeah. yeah. We, oh no 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 no. Yeah. The 2022 Dallas Cowboys Star Magazine draft guide is now available Look in this. local pro shops, <laughs> select is regions, regional outlets, print as well as online digital. There's the print edition will be available it's, it's on Fanatics soon. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. I'm sorry. I didn't understand what That's you were what trying, to, trying tell to tell me. You.
2: you you know what? I don't understand unless you say. Does that make sense? So if hey, you what's know, your what's your college of choice? For what? Just like me, like I'm U Dub. He's A and M. Kansas State. K State? K State. Wildcats. Okay. Yeah. Wildcats all okay. Day. They got some fast dudes that come out of there. Lockett. T New. Barrett Brooks. Mm. Big guy.
1: Pittsburgh Steeler. Okay.
0: Heck my hair's in.
1: Uh, I mean, come on, throw some names out. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Man. But uh yeah, you claim A and M on everything, and you already know you' dumb. Hey, don't, don't even question this man over here about for you though. But guys, we have the draft coming up, and that's next week. This twenty fourth pick, this twenty fourth pick is starting to heat up on what the Cowboys are going to do because they have emptied. The reserves. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and so when the question – no, but when the question was posed last week about what are we going to do in the draft, I was the only one, I'm tooting my horn here, that oh. said we would move up. And yeah. Jerry echoed that.
2: Man, Jerry, Jerry said, you know, that's a great way to ask that question. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll be interested in that. <laughs> we'll be interested in that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're moving up. We're moving on up. We're moving on up. George like Jefferson times. style. Yeah, man, come on. You so, yep. I'm telling you. So, guys, what do you think? And I, and I want to ask this question because I know that at 24, you are thinking offensive linemen. Uh, but if you move up in this draft, you probably have an opportunity to get some real studs. And so, what are you giving and what, up? What position? Are you I mean,. For?
2: Let's say, best. if, if do you this. get— Don't, if do, you, this, why? don't on, do this, Heckman. Why? Don't do this, Heckman. Let's Hackman. get
1: crazy.
0: No, let's don't get crazy. get crazy. Isaiah doesn't want a receiver in the first don't round much less it. trade up for a receiver don't in the first do round. Don't do it. <sighs> and can we let's couch real quick? Because, Jerry, he did say it was a general question about your draft philosophy, Yes. trade up, trade down. And he did specifically mention trading up. But he did say also maybe somewhere in the first three rounds. He didn't say necessarily first round, mm-hmm. but it is interesting. It's interesting that that he's throwing that out there as a possibility. Like, hey, I'm, my phone's on. Exactly, that's exactly what that my, was. My phone's on.
1: Yeah, you know, call waiting. Yeah, guys, there is a possibility that you can go up and really get you a stud cornerback. I'm just saying.
0: Quarter? Don't, no, don't corner. do this. Cornerback. Back. I'm don't just saying. There, segment.
1: there are so many things you could do. You could go up Heck. and you can go and get you a stud left tackle. Yes. Okay, I mean, I'm just saying these are these are can't miss these are can't miss items at the top. You can also go up and get you a stud defensive end edge rusher. No, how far are you willing to go up? I want to go into if I'm going to go up, I'm going to the top ten.
0: Okay, I'm dancing with you. You're not going to have none no other picks. So I just had this discussion with Dave upstairs, Dave Hellman, and they apparently I'd missed the draft show. Sorry, Kyle. Sorry, Dave. This morning they talked kind of the same thing. So Chris was there. So um, if. (laughs) So there's draft charts out there, right? And, and it's not a it's not a Bible, but it's it's kind of a guide on what the point system might be if you wanted to move up. So we Dave and I were just playing around up there just now. If you wanted to jump from 24 into the top 10, say number 9, okay? According to one draft chart, it would cost you – well, no, okay, the number 9 pick would be valued at 1,350 points. If you jumped from – if you gave up your first round to 24 – 56, your second-round pick, and your fifth-round pick, that wouldn't quite get you there. That'd be like 1,100 points. So you might have to dip in a little further into your draft pool to do that. But either way, it's going to be multiple picks to do something like that. Now, apparently, Peter King had a story out there that said this draft is not as great as past drafts, and so it wouldn't require as much equity necessarily to move up as past years. But either way, man, for a team that's got a lot of needs... You willing to trade multiple picks? Don't do it. Reconsider. Read some say, here's the
1: thing. Here's the thing. Who's more desperate for a championship at this point? Twenty six years of mediocrity. You want okay. to make this move. You, if you have an opportunity to shore up your offensive line with a stud, you would have did it in the offseason already. But you couldn't. I mean, come on. I mean, w- that's a, that's gonna, no, no. You would have to pay the price for that on an offensive line that you already have. Big contracts on. I think you want this guy to be a rookie. You want that that paper to be a, oh, come on. Or unless you're getting those beat those B level
2: offensive linemen. Hang hey, me if they if the Dallas Cowboys make the decision to trade up in the first round, I can see them maybe moving up, maybe seven, eight, and I can say maybe fourteen. I can't max. believe you being so conservative Na- right no, now. No, this no, is no, the no, guy no, the no. blank check because sale. you're talking about <laughs> you're talking about trading away. Your draft equity, which we know is necessary this year, it's a necessity this year because they have a lot of holes to fill. If you were going to make a move, an aggressive move, it should have been on a free agent, fellas. Let me ask you this, though, really. And and
1: all the importance that we're putting on the draft, how many of those players actually come in and contribute the first year?
0: I mean, well, okay, that's 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 fair, that's fair because usually you're looking at three guys, maybe, maybe something that really like we just mentioned, Osa. Yes. steps in and, and obviously the bazooka but yeah it's not your whole draft class that's why when we talk about oh they've got four fifth round picks those guys aren't playing your former teammate Orlando Skandrick was the last fifth round pick that really became a starter for this team mm-hmm. but on the flip side I would say based off of your needs you need your second round pick to be a starter like you don't just need your first round pick to hit. You got it. You have to nail this draft, and that's why I'm. I would be hesitant to yep. do that. I hear you though. You got a better chance of of getting a Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you. Hear I'm me. listening, but I'm I hear, I hear you, but no, I'm, not I'm not listening. listening. Um, you got a better chance of getting a Micah Parsons in the top ten than you do it. You do. Four. I hear you there. A
1: guy that's going to contribute immediately, and right now, the the way that this draft is shaping up, I have questions all the way through. It, it stops at 10. For me, every other guy after that, I have a big question mark on. Even these offensive linemen. I think that all of these offensive linemen, that especially the guards that they're mm-hmm. talking about, these guys should have a second-round grade. In any, other, in any other draft, because you don't have the number of quarterbacks at the top of this draft, some of these guys would have failed completely out of the first-round draft. And we're talking as far as a, a grade or pick. There are teams that are going to reach significantly on drafts. And you Mm -hmm. talk about teams like the the Jets or other franchises that have multiple first-round picks. You got some dancing partners up there. And I think that's why Jerry said, depending on who's on the other line and what deal can actually be made. Because historically speaking your draft picks haven't been able to go straight off the bus and play for you in the last couple of years. You'd like to think that they have. So the actual capital that you think you're drafting away is really it's going to pay off for you on the return because of his immediate ability to play right
2: now. Can you afford to come out of this draft without having the depth that you need going into the camp? You're not going to get all the depth out of the draft. I didn't say all of it. I'm not saying all of it, but you need to fill some holes. Okay. You, have some, you have some gaping holes that if you decide to move up in the first round, you are not going to be able to fill even a little bit not even little not even with a Q tip. Q tip ain't gonna be able to fill them holes. So the the So let's go to the wide receiver. <laughs> let's go to the wide
1: receiver position. Okay? Wide receiver position and this is a thin draft in wide receiver. Yeah. I think so. I thought it was deep. You thought it I am for me, for the talent
0: for the talent, for a, I, for a guy that can step in and be—that's all I'm saying. Okay. Immediate
1: impact guys. I, I think it's thin. I think a lot of those guys that you have are just developmental guys. You don't have a burner. The guy that is a burner is at, got an ACL. So let's let's, let's talk it about sucks. it. Jameson and, Williams. Right. Yeah. And so if we're if we're saying a guy that I think that can come straight off the street and play right now, it's the kid from Arkansas, Burke. Mm. Okay? okay. But I don't think he's a first-round draft pick. You know, I would say high second if he falls down that far. That's that's just my opinion. Okay. But offensive line, I know you need, but I'm thinking that you still can get offensive linemen if that's the holes that you're talking about filling in the second and third round also. So
0: if based on that thinking, would it make more sense to trade down? Then? Mm, maybe in another round. Bingo. Not, not out of the fr- – because – for the reasons you just brought up that's why I'm kind of thinking if you're going to trade maybe you trade down because you could because I'm thinking the Travis Frederick deal they made in 2013 if you don't you know if you don't have a lot of first round grades if you don't have 24 first round grades which typically maybe you don't anyway right uh you could trade back a few picks if there's a guy you still think you could get that you like pick up an extra third whatever and like Isaiah I said, I said you, you you're you're creating volume here mm-hmm. and it is a draft where there, maybe there's not a lot of home run guys like you're saying, but it is a deeper draft because of COVID, because you guys had an extra year, and now they're coming into the draft. And, and, and maybe this is a year where volume of picks works more. That's kind of where I'm at uh, more so than, than – Trading up, if they had done more in free agency, I'd feel better about moving up. Being honestly, and,
1: and I think and I think the situation is fluid as well because on draft night, if there's a guy that you've been looking at in the top ten or thinking he would be in the top ten, and he falls completely out because I don't know, Detroit goes up and picks a quarterback <laughs> you know, Well that, no,
0: That's a great point, and that's and maybe that's what Jerry's referring to, or maybe in part because he did say first three rounds, well, maybe generally speaking. But that what that's what happened with CeeDee Lamb. He just kind of fell to him. And maybe he's just talking about being flexible. Like if a guy falls, like you said, maybe not 20 picks, no. trade up 20 picks, but enough picks where, hey, we can jump up a little bit and yeah. get our guy. Uh, maybe that's more realistic.
1: So, Isaiah, put your GM hat on. I always have mine on. All right, we'll, put it, we'll keep it on tight. Thank man. you. Uh, you're at 24, and you're sitting there, and you're saying, look, if one of these – what are you saying? I'm not going put words in your mouth. What
2: are you saying at 24? I need to fill like the guard position. Number one, first thing. First thing I need to fill the guard. I need to protect our most valuable asset. You're not thinking and establish our ability to score points, because if you can't run the ball, if you can't block pass block, this offense is is <laughs> Pepe Le Pew. Yeah, and, and you and you lit a uh, uh, you cut a, a
1: your right tackle, and you're saying that Terrence Steele is that your left guard is
2: Connor McGovern. I'm saying at that at this point and your right yeah. tackle is at least competitive and he's he's dependable. Is he dominant? No. Is he dependable? Yes. What position do you have to fill? Left guard. Absolute. Absolute must field left guard, and I think that that should be their number one priority because this team can only go as far as this this offense can actually score. We know we're in a scoring league now. I don't care how well this this defense plays. I can't see them playing better than they played last year in terms of their ability to turn over the ball. That was just a crazy year, right? So you have to be able to score points, and we've seen how ineffective this team is with running the ball with all the issues that were present on the line last year. And if you can't run the ball, I'm sorry, Dak's not your man to sit back there and sling the thing all over the place. He's not. So recognize that, identify it. Sorry, Cowboys Nation, don't be mad at me. That's the quarterback that's here. He is a baller when you provide him a running game.
1: Boy, I love playing the devil's advocate. This is fun.
2: <laughs> I mean, because yeah. I complete, I agree with that. But then on the other side of it.
1: You have left tackle issues, the reliability, dependability issues with your left tackle. He's aging. Uh, You you're back in this pickle every year. So if you go back to last season, was the biggest issue? Obviously, uh, Connor Williams had his issues. He's out of here now. But I think it was the durability of your left tackle that really came back to bite you.
0: Yeah, uh, Tyron missed six games. Yeah, Yeah. six games and and fifteen. 14 or 15 the year before, and then there was a, like a four- or five-year stretch where you missed at least three starts. So like your swing tackle mm-hmm. – I love Tyron Smith. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame probably. Yep. But your swing tackle has to be prepared to start multiple games, yeah. to your point. Yeah. And I think every the, season has to be prepared for it. I think the hardest
2: decision that the, that the Cowboys are going to have to make in the first round of this draft is making the decision either to, to trade up and grab a left tackle – or a sure thing at the left guard position. I think that's gonna be the hardest decision they're gonna have to make. I feel as if teams don't let left tackles really fall. No. It's just not a thing that happens, okay? But should that present itself, I think that's the only thing that will force them to move up. And if they decide to go up, they're gonna be faced with that shoot, guard or tackle. If we draft the tackle, we still have that same hole yep. in our offensive line. That's all I'm so saying. that's why I say, dang it, he can replace Tyron as soon as Tyron decides to shut it down. But we don't want to piss off Tyron. And at the same time, you know, this guy would just be sitting behind him, adding no value to us, right? Doesn't make any sense, does Doesn't it? Make Unless you play guard. Unless, Unless can can you play, play guard and, guard exactly. and start play, off play, there. And, and then, yeah. yeah. So yeah. That, that's the only situation I can see them moving up to grab somebody. They better not do it for a receiver. They better not do it for a cornerback. They better not do it for a defensive end. It better be to sure up this line because you cannot be productive offensively. I don't care who's your offensive coordinator. All right, you can bring Marsh back as far as I'm concerned, right? And you will not (laughs) move the ball unless you can run the ball in this offense. No, I completely agree with
1: what you just said, and I think it's left guard as well. But I just feel like the grade on those left guards are way too high. I think you can get a better left guard in the second round, and you'll be okay. Um, I think even at the left t- at the tackle position, I want to see what what ball has. I mean, yeah. I we drafted it. him. We just want to. I just want to
2: see. I mean, Tyron, hey. We still have Niseki. I hadn't heard anything about him, but so free agent. Hey, I I totally agree with you. But guess what? The car car values are way too high right now, too. But if you need a whip, guess what? You got to pay it.
1: No, oh, for sure. Yeah, I, I mean that those. No, <laughs> hey, nothing but facts but yeah. this is not me playing the devil's advocate yeah, yeah, yeah. I, if i'm going to trade up and, and get someone and, and this may send you over the over the rails here i'm going to get jordan davis from from georgia I, like, getting, I don't have a don't have a problem with that problem at at all. All. I'm, and, i mean and, and, let me, and let me just
0: be clear about this but you can't get him why? Because you got to give up your whole draft class to get in. He's, what if he, he's been. Depends on where he falls. Uh, he trusts mock drafts. He typically has not gone past five. The, uh, no, no, it's not. Five. 15, 16.
2: Yes. You know, he ain't going like that, that far. Not possible. Not freaking. Name the last mammoth. <laughs> Athlete that you've seen come I across think, this league like I that. Think, I think the way
1: that they're putting these draft guides together saying that he's not an every-down yeah, player. That's, yeah. that's the Please. thing. Is Two-down versus Yeah, two-guy. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's impactful, and I think a lot of draft uh, scouts are, are maybe weighing that. I'm hoping. Come on. Come on, Isaiah. Don't give me that look. I'm
2: trying to sell it. <laughs> I hear you, and I, and, I, and, I, and I recognize, and I love your strategy. <laughs> I'm trying to sell However, it. However, <laughs> there are certain players that come across – it's every generation, every year, whatever you want to say, that you just you gotta grab him. You the reason why, cause he works in every system. Yeah. He works in every system. There's not one team that's like, ah, eh, we don't need that guy. Baltimore. <laughs> we was don't, need a, and hard, we don't need a we don't need a three hundred and forty pound man that runs a four seven. Yeah.
0: We don't need that. Huh? And and you know, <laughs> and I don't know if we've talked enough about run defense here. Like I because it was improved. Okay, in 2020 it was the second most rushing yards they've ever allowed in the history of the franchise. So it was way better than that. But I want to say they gave up 100 plus yards in like 13 games last year. Yep. So I mean it was and and a ton to San Francisco. And that's the last memory you have of this team was not stopping the run, not running the ball, and not protecting Dak. So I don't have a problem with a big defensive yeah. tackle coming in that can help shore that's, things up.
2: That's the only person that I could see them moving up for. It, so let Absolutely. me kind of go back a little bit. But the reason why I haven't brought him up is because I don't think it's even tangible to, to, have, to, to have a shot at him. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I, I hear you. You know I'm a realist, though.
0: <laughs> Every single team... Yeah. Can take him and utilize him Uh, immediately. Yeah. If you trust the mocks, which maybe we shouldn't. Uh, But but the most practical thing is I agree with you guys. The most practical thing is, hey, you sit and you wait at 24 and there's a guard that falls to you at 24 that you feel great about and plugs probably the most glaring immediate hole that you have on your team. That's that's the most practical thing. To me, well, 24. It's fun, it's fun to talk about moving around. 24 though. is just that gray
1: area in the first round that you just don't know what you're getting. I know we've got some some quality at 24 before. Dez was 24. But we mm-hmm. want – we have to get a guy. I mean, this guy, especially where we are with our depth, and the depth chart isn't looking good in a lot of areas when you go through it. And I'm, well, I'm, mm. I'm sorry.
0: No, you're 100% right. 24. Okay, twenty. Twenty-seven, twenty-eight, or so it was Byron Jones. You yeah. hit on Byron Jones. Twenty-seven was Taco Charlton. Like you don't. Whoa. It's not. It, it's not an exact science in the late first round. I mean, those top ten picks are great because you kind of know you're going to get a stud. You don't necessarily know how Big it's going to pan out. You know? Big man would be. He. Oh yeah. Never mind. I'm not going to say. Jordan Davis.
2: It's, yeah. He'll be he probably be in New York as I'm looking at this list.
1: You know, and I do so. everything. I'd been I do everything not to have him be, end up in New York. I don't want to see him in New yeah, York. I don't want to see him in Philly. He's gonna be there. I don't want to see him as a commander. I mean, he, uh, there are a lot of he, he places
0: would just, he would work in Philly. Oh That'd man. Be, play him right up their alley yes
1: that's that's the kind of player they need but he is the kind of player that we need and the narrative have changed from the 2020 season when we were saying all we need is a middle-of-the-road defense well they were 11th and then we saw what that got us we still couldn't stop anyone what you said 13 games with more than 100 yards we couldn't
0: protect I mean come on man that's right I mean let's uh, they they were it was a good defense it was they were vastly improved and but the biggest thing they did well was they turned the ball over They, they turned you over You know, there's the run game, big plays in the pass game. Those things can still improve for sure. I'm sure Dan Quinn would agree with that.
1: Like Drake says, I want that stuff forever, man. But I don't think it's going (laughs) to happen. But what we're going to do is we're going to take a break and we'll come back because I got a guy that we want to talk about. His name is TP. Coming up next here on Talking Cowboys So AT&T is giving everyone, new and existing customers, our best
2: deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones.
0: AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if
2: the network's busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply.
0: The Cowboys way. Where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where Turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing. The star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three
2: simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit.
1: Whether you're watching from home or cheering in the stands with F- Essilor lenses, <laughs> you'll see every exciting play. Book an appointment at your local Essilor expert and find the perfect Essilor lens for you. See more, do more, Essilor. Back on Talking Cowboys from the SWBC Mortgage Studios, is Rob P. Island, Blue Bonnets. The and my man Isaiah, stand back. The, the champ is in back. the. The drunk uncle is back. He's in the <laughs> building with his top guns on. Rob P. with the Double B Maverick
0: 2 coming out <laughs> this Maverick. summer. Just go there, it is a uh-huh. Top Gun 2. Sorry, mm. Maverick. So, guys, yes,
1: talk about a Top Gun mm. and Tony Pollard Ooh. TP. And I label this in the production outline lineup as the curious case of Tony Pollard. Mm. And the reason I say that, guys, is that he is the one guy, fan favorite, by the way. And it's just growing the momentum of love from Cowboy Nation that he could be your RB1. Uh, If you look at it, and even PFF, and I call PFF because I want to win the argument, Uh, (laughs) says that he is the highest rated running back. Guys, do you see the Dallas Cowboys using Tony Pollard's strengths more in this season, and giving Ezekiel Elliott more of a, what do you call that, a, a, not off days, but a little bit more rest. Uh, do you see that starting to happen here in Dallas with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott?
0: Um, I think at this point I've got to see it to believe it. Yeah. I mean, we say this every year about Tony. like he, he looks like he could do more, and then he plays 30% of the snaps, something like that. And he was really good in his role, and he had a couple games where he was banged up too. But – I think, as long as Zeke is here, I think Zeke's the primary guy. And I, I think, um, I think one thing I will say is, you know, Mike McCarthy talked about in training camp last year of getting more of a split to preserve Zeke for the playoffs. Load management. Load management, basically NBA style, and there was a stretch there where the run game was awesome. I mean, they were getting. 150 yards a game week uh, first month of the season more or less. And Zeke's carries were 74 and Tony's were 58. And it was that mm-hmm. was damn near getting close to a 50-50 yeah. split and maybe that's what they were trying to do and then and then Zeke gets banged up and the production just wasn't the same. And the offensive line didn't play as well and they're just you know it just didn't it just didn't click, but I I personally am surprised that they played Zeke as much as they did. In certain stretches when he clearly looked like he was struggling with that knee that he was dealing with and he's a warrior and he doesn't want to come out and i respect the hell out of him for that but i was a little surprised there wasn't more tony in certain spots last year to answer your question it's no it's a no it's a no for me
2: uh reason being there are elements to tp's game that are undeveloped yet that he hopefully and i'm sure he's working on it this offseason you can't afford to take Zeke out of the game for and those areas I'm speaking to is pass yeah. pass blocking yeah. people look at Zeke and say oh he's lost a step or oh he's not as explosive as he used to be or oh he's not pulling away from people like he used to be yeah but he's keeping people off of your number one back and that is Dak Prescott, and there is no replacing a running back who can pass block. Maurice Jones-Drew is one of the, the unsung heroes in the NFL's history, simply because of, not because, simply because of the fact he was a great running back, but simply because of the fact he was able to pass block. He kept people off his quarterback's back, and that is the same thing that Zeke does. He gets all the paychecks because of his abilities to play a, 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 an encompassing game in terms of being able to run the ball, in terms of being able to catch the ball at the backfield and be able to block. He is a part of the protection. So when you have an offensive coordinator named Kellen Moore who likes to throw the ball around more than he likes to run the ball, you can't afford to take the running back off the field who's able to be that sixth man on the line, the sixth man up front to hold the guys off of your quarterback. When you put TP up there, that's not to say that he's unable or incapable of, or incapable of actually you know doing a good job at the pass blocking uh, position or role. It's, he's nowhere near as effective as Zeke. So if you have a tendency to put TP out there, teams are like, who's back there? Oh, okay, we could bring some pressure. Right. Versus if you put Zeke back there, it's like, mm, we could send somebody, but he ain't going to get to him because Zeke's going to pick him up. That's the mentality. That's the element of the game that most fans don't identify and don't recognize that go into the decision-making in terms of how much playing time these guys get. Running game was ineffective. You have to pass more. If I have to pass more, that means we have to protect more. That means that we need Zeke in the game. Now, didn't you see at
1: certain points in the season that Tony Pollard just added an extra dimension to your running game? Oh, yeah. This it, undeniable. Sure. Uh, some of the things that he does. I mean, just his quick twitch ability from the line of scrimmage. Uh, even being able to use him in pass coverage. Now, that's where I was really shocked that he wasn't used as much in the passing in the passing game. You know, I think last year, three hundred and thirty-seven yards uh, receiving. That's not a
2: whole lot. I mean, you again, know why though, right? Because when he's in the backfield, they're, they're going to bring pressure. So he can't get out. He can't get out into his route because as soon as you see him in the backfield, if it's a passing down and you see those guys go into a pass, I'm sending somebody. I'm sending somebody. There's a thing called a green dog, right? Mm-hmm. So you're familiar with familiar yeah. it, okay? Most fans maybe not. Green dog means that as soon as I see these guys pass block, as soon as I see everybody consume, I'm sending a guy. Yeah. Even though that wasn't my initial plan. Your initial as a linebacker, initially you weren't called to blitz. But if you see that guy even sit back there and it's a pass, go. Why? Because I'm confident that you can run through that running back's chest or get around him or whatever, throw him out the club like Jazzy Jeff on Fresh Prince and get to the quarterback. If Zeke is back there, I'm not making that same call. But how much does that have to do with
1: scheme, though? I mean, yeah, yeah. as far as how you're going to use Tony Pollard, and, I, and I'm on it. And I said this on last week's show about using him like Debo Samuel's, and, and I'm the same schematics as far as height, weight, all of those things. The way that the league is going, your running back, your receivers are going to have to do a little bit of both. We saw how they use C.D. Lamb sometimes as a running back uh, as well. You want to have that explosion, explosion, and diversity in your offense mm-hmm. to be able to use your guys like that. When you talk about Zeke, you're really talking about Zeke as an extra offensive
2: lineman. Yeah. That of a running back. Well I mean I mean but there's so many we know a healthy Zeke can run the ball. Of course. We know a healthy Zeke can catch the ball, not the backfield. We also know a healthy Zeke can keep guys off a of deck. That's the that's the trifecta. That's the reason why he gets paid that's when why he gets he paid. Plays so, all the that's snaps. why he plays all the snaps. Yeah. We can't say that about T P yet. Right, TP can catch the ball out the backfield, he can run the ball very effectively and explosive, right? The element, the wow factor, but the blocking hasn't came yet. So you can't rely on him the same way you can rely on Zeke. Now, if TP added that element to his game, if somehow, some way he all of a sudden became a dominant uh, pass blocker, then it's a conversation. Then it's a conversation. But as long as that third element is missing, You can't take. You can't afford to take Zeke off the field for a majority of the game.
0: He's been great in his role as a change of pace. To your point, Heck, and I will say there's been times where he's he's been asked to carry the load when Zeke's been out or banged up, and it's been tough sledding for him too. I mean, sometimes when you've got that package of plays uh, as a change of pace, it's easier. But I'm with you. Like I think we could stand to see more of Tony Pollard, and I wonder. Like you got me thinking about, you know, Zeke's can almost serve as like an extra lineman. What about two back sets where you see both guys more. I got curious and I looked it up. That was only 2% of the time they went to 21 personnel last year. That was 26 snaps according to Sharp football stats. And, of course, you know, three wide receiver sets, 11 personnel, they're going, that's two-thirds of the time, 12 personnel about 25% of the time. They don't do it very much, but they do play off of each other very well, Zeke and Tony, and you could think maybe you could, you could use more of that if you're Kellen Moore.
1: And I think about the off the the front office. They really have their hand in the lion's mouth right now because with Zeke's contract, it's impossible to get out of this season. So obviously he's going to be there. And when I talk about Tony Pollard and him playing, he's going to be at the negotiation table here after this season. So you're going to have to make a decision at the running back position. And, oh, by the way, CeeDee Lamb and also Trayvon Diggs, you're going to have to start thinking about those big contracts that are coming down as well. And, and David Hellman wrote a, uh, awesome article on, on DallasCowboys.com about this uh, matter, but I just feel as though, when you look at it it's from an organizational standpoint, you're going to have to relieve some of that pressure from even a salary standpoint, and we've seen the way that this organization functions when you press them on salary, uh, and, and that's why I think that Tony Pollard, you have to try and see what he has in those said trifectas uh, to to see how you can use this guy in the future. You have to be thinking of the future if you're the Cowboys at the running position, running back position. That's
0: right. He's a free agent after next season. Everybody thinks Zeke, Zeke's salary is going to be not palatable after one more season. So, yeah, it, it's interesting. It's interesting how that could look in a year from now. Um, but when in an offseason where you lose Amari Cooper, and, yeah, you're probably going to go in the draft and find a receiver to help. When we're talking about holes and depth and trying to replace production, it sure seems like an opportunity to try to get Tony Pollard more involved. Even if – even if it's not an every down thing, like you said, because you're right. Like Zeke's Zeke's pass protection, that might have been the thing people talked about the most last year because he was banged up. He was not himself. He wasn't as productive, yeah, but he was still he still had impact. But he was still. I mean, some of his <laughs> highlights, best highlights, were just. Decleating guys and giving yeah. Dak an extra second. Yeah, doing what you can do. And
1: we saw that, but I'm, I'm just saying, for Tony Pollard, this is with all of the love that he gets and all of the potential uh, that he has to be explosive yeah. in this offense, you would think that this season, especially with the gaping holes that you assume that you have at the wide receiver
2: position, that you can scheme for him. You know that two-back set that you're talking about, split backs? Yes. Yeah. You can do that if you have a solid offensive line.
0: <laughs> I mean the 49ers do yeah. it a lot, and I think and they had a solid offense. on They line. do, and D- and Debo's different too. D- Debo's Debo's built like a tight end. You know, I, I yeah. I don't. You don't
2: call you Debo if you're skinny. So well,
1: that's, I know, I know, that's <laughs> yeah, why, like and
2: TP's like I think he's what six foot, just two hundred pounds, just maybe over two hundred pounds. Two twelve. Okay, I'm just saying. Most of the but the guys who were coming to, coming to hit him are what they're coming from five yards depth. At least, right? If they say he's five yards in the backfield, right? They're they're three yards on the ball, so they're coming eight yards downhill, and they're weighing what two thirty to two fifty at least. At least, and this is all 32. This is all 32 teams are dealing with
1: this. Uh-huh. And the 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 thing that I think the Cowboys have to find is another explosive weapons yeah. with what they lost. And that's why I point to him uh, no, being agree. that missing will. And maybe that's what everyone else isn't thinking about that they have plans for Tony Pollard in the future. And, and with everything else that's coming down the line with, I don't know, with with these contracts, man, it's. Things are about to get sticky yep. here <laughs> in a couple of years you on how ahead. they, on how they, how they maneuver with. The, I mean, I'm just looking at the future, dog. Yeah, I mean, there's sure. some landmines up
0: ahead. But guys, well, if he if he has a big year, it could be like Jalen Brunson last night. Where it's like, I don't know if we could pay his next contract fast you know. enough. Poor Mavs, man. That's going to be a tough. Contract I don't know if you sign him.
1: I don't know if you got. Well, I know you are. People but look. The NBA playoffs is just off the chain right now. The Mavericks. That game last night was Ooh. incredible. One Great of the twins in ten years. <laughs> it, I, and I'm sorry, guys. Did any of you guys go to the the boxing match on
0: Sunday? You went to the boxing mm-hmm. match. Wasn't it off the chain? Mm-hmm. You didn't go. I didn't Not go. that I. I haven't been in a while. The last one I went I to was a Pacquiao fight. Okay. Yeah, Errol Spence Jr. I've not been to an Errol Spence fight yet. You
1: got to go. Yeah, it, 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 is, it is. turned into the next uh, one's going to be nice, though. Yeah, it's, it is turned into something at AT&T Stadium that's really nice. Yeah. And y'all, man, all of Dallas shows up, and it's it's been a great weekend of sports. Not only for the Spence fight, but Mavs get a win. And hey, man, we've been talking TCT all day today. Join us next week as Kyle finds his way uh, from I don't know where he is, but somewhere sandy and hot.
2: Uh Where in the world is Kyle Yobas? Where
1: in the world is Kyle (laughs) Yobas? But join us next Tuesday on Talking Cowboys. Get it up. Get it up. Mama, they did it again. Later. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com
0: and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?